Welcome back, guys. Here on Irish Slingers, we're a day early. It was just a bit too much to get through to wait till tomorrow. So the last two days has been the finish of the first knockout round. And then we'll move on, move on to the quarters tomorrow. So I didn't want to miss the chance to review those and have a look at those and preview what's coming up. So we're going to go through all that today. A couple of the little things. We won't go too long. And then tomorrow, the day after that, and then after the final, we'll have a short show as well. Maybe the, the final preview, preview of the final of the Grand Slam. We'll have a big show and go through a bit more, but these next couple will just be short ones. Just to go through what's happened, any of the news out of that, and have a look at some of the best, better performances. Um, Big's top three, that'll be back on tonight. Uh, another good one. We don't want to miss that. That's going to be a, a mainstay of the show. So how are the darts coming out, guys? Um, mine, terrible. I've resorted to filming my throw, recording it, so I can have a look and see what the bloody hell I'm doing wrong. But anyway, I can't work it out. I'm not an expert anyway, so I don't know why I'm trying that. But we're gonna we're gonna do it anyway. It's a bit of fun. Um, you can see the differences. The pros, their throw is the same every single time. Have a look at mine and might come out all right in one. And then you look in the next one, the arm's a bit different, the release is different. So just got to get that consistency going. Um, last episode, I got my quarterfinal matchups wrong. I said that it was Wade versus Joyce and Cross versus Rowby, but it was actually Jay's Wade performance against Rob Cross put him on top of his group, which I didn't realize. So it was actually Wade versus Rowby John. Rodriguez and Rob Cross versus Ryan Joyce. So we'll get stuck straight into those games then. Um, so this is the last 16 players. So the first round after the round robin. These are the top two players from each group playing off to get through. So it was uh, Rob Cross and Ryan Joyce. And it was a great performance by Rob Cross. He bounced back from um, losing that one to James Wade. And that's all you want to happen. He missed out on about four big finishes, Rob Cross. So early on, he was leaving ton-plus finishes and only just missing them all. So that's good for him. He's looking pretty good. Um, his double 18 was fantastic. Even his triple 18, triple 18 hitting was fantastic. He loves the 18s. Uh, he won seven of the last eight legs. Joyce, he started pretty well, but he just couldn't keep up. Um, Cross was scoring well. He ran at 50% on his doubles and just ran away with that one. So not much happening there. Um, a lot of the uh, day five games, not a hell of a lot to report back. A couple of things here and there, but it all went pretty much according to plan for most of them. Um, the next one was James Wade versus Rabbi John Rodriguez. So Rabbi John coming off that huge win against Stephen Bunting. That was a, his best performance by a long way. And James Wade was coming off a blistering performance against Rob Cross to make sure that he qualified. Um, it was only Wade that brought that game to this one. 10-2 um, to James Wade. So that's a big win. He even started with a foot injury. Um, we didn't start with it. He had a foot injury and was struggling to even walk, but it was his back foot, so the right foot for him because he's a left-hander. And he can hardly put weight on it, but you don't need to put much weight on it, so... That was an advantage for him out of a disadvantage. Uh, the head-to-head -head for those is actually 6-0 coming into this. So Rowby John was hoping hoping he could break that, but he didn't get anywhere near it. Um, 
Early on, James Wade had a 70 and a 120 checkout. Just typical James Wade, just on the 20s there. All of them in the middle of the bed. Riavi just looked nothing like he did against Stephen Bunting. And then out of nowhere, nailed a 170 finish. So one of his two legs is a 170, which is fantastic. They're not as good as the 170 the day before, but still good. I would still love, I'd love to do it, a 170. That's, that's the dream. Um, James Wade ran seven out of nine on double 20 tops, as we call it here in the darting world. So he is just on with tops, the, his preferred double. And that sets up uh, James Wade versus Rob Cross, which will be good. So the thing to take out of both of those games is um, picking a double, getting finding out which double you're better at, which one you prefer. Uh, for a lot of players, it's a crucial part of, part of darts you know like mvg and phil taylor when he was playing they just go for whatever's available um they were that good it didn't really matter and all of them they you go for a double if it's there but uh try and find one you prefer so rob cross is a double 18 man and he was able to get down to that most of the time and find it every time so if you can get down to it do it and james wade is a double 20 man um i'm a double 20 man mainly because it's easier to count down to 40 rather than 32. I know that sounds stupid because it's simple maths, but I'm double 20. The other reason being I'm, um, I'm not half bad at double 10. So that's what I prefer. Um, you've got to be good at tops anyway, because sometimes you just can't get down to 32 or 36. If you're on 60, you're not going to try and hit a triple or another double to get yourself to 32. So you've always got to practice tops, but if you prefer tops all day long, stick with tops and uh, double 10. But both of you, as I said, both of those guys, that's their double, their go-to double, and they were just on with them, which they normally are, and it worked out for them. All right, the next matchup was Gerwin Price versus Bradley Brooks. Um, second leg, Bradley Brooks leaves not too much, and Gerwin nails a 167. And that's just what Gerwin does. He was doing the job pretty well early on, and Brooks was just hanging on. He, uh, Bradley Brooks, he misses on 46 to finish. Um, and you can see it in his throw. When the pressure was on, he's hesitating mid-throw. So he's bringing the arm back slower, thinking about it, thinking about it, thinking about it. And then you see Gerwin step up. He's got to hit 70. This was a crucial time of the match. I think it was... Um, 5-4 or something along those lines, and Brooks was breaking to get back on throw. Yeah, Gerwin needs 70, and he does his hesitation before the before he starts the rhythm of his throw. So that's a crucial thing for him and any youngsters. You get nervous. You always get nervous stepping up in a big pressure moment, and you've got to hit that double. You have to hit it. So if you're nervous, step back. Either step back or don't start your throw or stop your throw halfway even. But don't continue with your throw and hesitate mid-throw. That's always going to cause issues because it's got it's about that consistency. I said at the top of the show with my throw, Bradley Brooks, it happened there to him. He stuffed around and couldn't hit doubles that he would normally hit all the time. Gerwin steps up, has his moment in between gripping each dart. So he's going from second to third dart and he's stopping before he grabs that third dart. And it's crucial. But... Uh, he kept in there, Bradley Brooks. So he hit a brilliant 127. Gerwin uh, bit back with a 120. Uh, that's a it's a great finish. 
the 120, but Gerwin's gone a different way about it this time. He's gone triple 20, double 20, and then double 10 because he's hit the double 20. He's gone too high. But it was it was good to see. And then he gives it the big raw old Gerwin price. And that was awesome. And as soon as he hits it, he follows it with the 180, another raw. It was pretty subdued most of the first half because I think as soon as he does lets one go, the crowd are just, once again, booing him, booing him, booing him, which I just don't get. I just love seeing him fire up and throw good darts. I thought that's what we're all there to see, but they don't like it. They start booing him, but it was time for him to give a roar and try and run away with it. Um, Bradley Brooks followed up the 140 and gave a roar back. That big Gerwin. But um, I'll tell you what, I'm not doing that if I'm playing Gerwin Price. He's, um, he loves it when that happens, Gerwin. And I hadn't seen that in Bradley Brooks' game the whole time. So I think he's given it one because Gerwin's just given it two. And after that, he's missed three darts at double 14 and Gerwin's run away. I think it was 10-8 in the end. So just a couple of things to work on there for Bradley Brooks. So the, if the Raw's in your game, have it by all means. Um, if it's not in your game, don't use it. And against Gerwin Price, I wouldn't be using it either because every time he does it, it fires him right up. But great sportsmanship at the end there. I think it was getting to Bradley Brooks. He looked a bit unsettled. You never know how Gerwin's going to respond. But at the end, it's great sportsmanship, which is what Gerwin's all about now. He had his moments back in the day. I think there was an issue with Daryl Gurney and um, Gary Anderson. After the games, it continued on. Even Corey Cadby, they had a bit of a bit of a Barney after the game. You never see that anymore with Gerwin. It's always respect at the end. And that is definitely what you want to see. And I'm not sure why the crowd don't see that and appreciate it. But anyway, um, the next game, Johnny Clayton and Nathan Rafferty. This was just Johnny Clayton. He was so good. Class above. He actually looked like getting broken in the first leg and then goes out on a one four eight. So brilliant start. Um, Rafferty uh, bounced back with a 106 finish in the next leg. And then Clayton took control from there. He got up to five, out to five one. Nathan Rafferty had a few big finishes in there as well, even though he was well and truly getting beat at this stage. So he had a one two four to break back to get to five two. But Johnny was just in control. Looking good. His uh, confidence is just up there. Um, yeah, he just can't be stopped at the moment. He had a 1 2 1 to finish off the match. Had a 105 average, 4 180, 63% of his doubles. So now that whole that's one half of the draw of the games we just ran through. And he's the one to beat there. I don't see Gerwin's playing okay. He might get going. James Wade looked really good. Hopefully, that foot doesn't hurt him. Rob Cross was okay, but um, still not as good as Johnny Clayton's going. So, yeah, but um, Johnny is just a man. Everything's just going his way. I think one of his throws, he had triple 20, triple 20, and he's, everything's going that well for him. He's got the confidence to throw that third dart, even though one of them is only just hanging on by a thread, but it just works out for him. Just hangs in there and away he goes. So still the man for me on that half of the draw to get through the final. Right, the other half of the draw. This was uh, played this morning and another great night. Um, night five was the other the other half and it was, it was okay. It was good to watch. But once again, tonight was the one to watch and it was just fantastic. Loved every minute of it. 
So you had um, Joe Cullen and Michael Smith open up the night. And this was this was a high-scoring match, but um, the finishing was pretty below average. All through the match, the scoring was right there all the way. Joe had quite a few opportunities that he didn't take. Um, I think Joe, Joe hits a 180 to leave the pressure on Bully Boy and he goes double 20, double 20 to, to finish. So the pressure did, didn't get to him at that point. But by this stage, God, how do they go double-double when I think at, they were both like one for 16 on their doubles? So not great finishing by either of those two. And even to win the match, Michael Smith hits eight perfect darts but misses the double. But um, crowd was loving that. Uh, he got up 10-5, Michael Smith. So pretty good performance by him. So he's in pretty good form most of the way through. He wasn't great against Joe Davis, but had a win. But he hasn't lost yet. So took care of Barney, Gary Anderson, and now Joe Cullen. So good form against good names. He's looking all right. It'll be interesting to see how far he can go. All right, the next matchup was Jose de Souza versus Peter Wright. And now the scoreline says 10-9, but it wasn't a great game. It was just tense, very tense game. Opening leg, of course, Jose de Souza has a miscount. So Peter Wright was on 116, and Jose was on 106. And Jose's gone triple 20-16 and tried to go double 20 to finish. That equals 116. So he's gotten confused there. Um, I think he needs to stop doing that. It's going to cost him at some stage. So... Could have been this match. You could say it cost him because I think Peter Wright finished off that leg. And um, if Jose had a count and Wright and gone for the right double, who knows, he might have hit that and then won the game. But it was uh, back and forth, early breaks for both both guys. Um, Peter got broken to go 6-4 down and then he hit six perfect darts to break straight back. And then he holds in a dodgy old leg to go 6-all. And then just, yeah, just so tense from there. They both had a chance to run away with the game. The finishes available to both, all, both of them all the time, but, yeah, none of them, none of them could have hit it. Um, I think it was leg for leg, leg for leg, leg for leg. And then Peter Wright broke when it was eight all to throw it out. And then oh, just Jose kicks off with 180 and then a 19. Peter Wright does something similar. He wanted 25 to win, Peter, and then he went nine double eight. And wanted nine double eight, and he hit the double nine and couldn't finish from there. So sloppy darts instead of hitting the big the big nine, which is what I was trying to say before, I've slopped it up as well. He's gone double nine, yeah, and then missed it. Jose hit, uh, hit the double on that one, and then he got through to the deciding leg, which was just... Crazy as well. Oh, the whole game was crazy. Nothing crazy in that final leg, but just very interesting to watch. Just two guys under a lot of pressure. Uh, but Peter Wright came out and win 10-9. And then it was the, the two headline matches. So Fallon Cherik versus Menchia Silovic. She had a tiny bit of a slow start, Fallon. Um, she got broken early. And then third leg, she started to get going and hitting her triple 20s. Hunter left after nine darts in that one, finishing in 11, and that's what she can do. She can just turn it on. She can hit triple 20s all day long, and a lot of the times can be down to a small finish in seven to eight darts, even nine darts, and 
not give anyone an opportunity to break her. Um, that's what you want to see. Mentor hit a good one-two-four to break back. No, that was Fallon. She got broken, then hit a brilliant one-two-four to break back as well. And that was on the bullseye, and she can hit a bullseye. She every time she needs it, she just seems to hit it. And she just ran away with it from there, looking solid at 7-4, pressuring Mensa's throw every time and then holding hers nicely. And that's what we wanted to, wanted to see from her, uh, wanted that performance where it's no longer an amazing match. Fallon's done this, Fallon's done that. She um, just won it. wasn't surprising. She was better than Mensa. She pressured Mensa and held her throw. That's what we want to see. Um, so she's through to the quarters now. First time ever, but it's going to be a lot of first time ever for her. But I was just super impressed with that performance. After a slow start and getting broken in the first leg, she just kept going from there. And then it was the headline act. Gary Anderson and MVG. What a match. I think to start with, they went 140, 140, 140, 140. So five 140s and a 180. And just ridiculous. I think MVG threw an 11 dart to break Gary in the first leg. Gary's thrown a one, two, four in 15 darts or 12 darts or something to break straight back in the next one. Michael, uh, Gary Anderson, sorry, has thrown six perfect darts. No, that was MVG actually. Yeah. He's thrown six perfect darts and it was just fantastic. Those guys can score. They can finish. Um, and they just play so quick. You just watch it and it's just, Bang, 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 bang. Each leg's over in a minute. And the action's just happening. So if you want to watch darts, watch a game of MVG and Gary Anderson. Then that pace seems to bring out the best of each of them. I know Gary hates slow players. Reckon his rhythm and anyone, a lot of players will try and slow it down against Gary. Never mind me alarm. Um, but, and he hates that. So the pace is just great for him. Um, then moving to the second half of the match, it just continued as well. MVG, he's won 7-1 that he threw. It's on a pinhead. Like, they're so close together, and it's just perfection, absolute perfection. Yeah, and then a bit of drama comes into it. Uh, Gary wasn't happy with MVG. Talk having a chat to himself as he walks past. But Gary does that a lot. He doesn't like any, any noise next to him when he's playing. I think that's one of the issues he's had with... Gerwin before and other players talking next to him, he'll step back and he'll let you know he doesn't like that. So towards the latter part of the match, it just kept getting better and better. There was a couple of missed darts that did get a little bit tense, but um, still some great, great finishes. Um, MVG's gone. 82 finish, bull double 16. I love that way. I just love watching it. If you hit the 25, you've got to go 17 times. But if you hit that ball, bam, straight at double 16, which is a great double to try and finish on. Gary just missed double 10 to break and go back to 8-8. And then I think a similar thing. He would have broken it, almost had a chance to break again on 80 finish to go 9-9. Then he would have been thrown for the match. But he just got done 10-8. Um, and it was pretty much the match of the tournament. It was fantastic. I love watching them two play. And as I said the other day, to get that match in the um, the final 16 is ridiculous. So we'll, we're treated there. We're lucky with that. 
but it's uh, MVG that's through. So he's still looking real good on that side of the draw. And once again, I don't think anyone on that side gets past him. I think I predicted Johnny Clayton versus MVG in the final, and I think it's still going to look like that. But we'll have a quick look at the um, the quarters, the preview of the quarters. You got James Wade and Rob Cross. They're both in form now. Um, they've got their doubles down pat. Wade just has him covered in consistency, I think, consistency in the scoring. Rob Cross fades in and out a little bit in games still at the moment. But I'm just going James Wade just. I think he's just got it under control. Um, and the other one, Gerwin Price and Johnny Clayton. They've played each other a few times now and in the last couple of couple of months. I think there was the Grand Prix and maybe the World Series as well. Um, yeah, Johnny's got his number. But Gerwin can just turn it on at any stage. So we'll see what happens there. He just looks a little bit off. Um, when he gets himself aggressive, like that game against Bradley Brooks, he gives the crowd a roar, fires himself up, and then goes on a bit of a tangent and um, finishes a few legs pretty bloody quick. But they're pretty good mates. They won a World Cup together, and they're still really good friends. So is it hard to get that aggression going? You've got to focus on your darts and the board and not what your opponent's doing and still be aggressive. I would find that hard to do, but he might be right. We'll see. I think Johnny, but I, it's a hard one to pick. And the other half of the draw, Fallon Cherrick and Peter Wright. So since Peter won the opening night, 5-1 against Fallon, the form has just switched completely. Fallon's won 5-0 against Michael Decker, gotten that one, one four leg straight against Gabriel Clemens to get herself through, and now a 10-5 win over Mencher. Whereas Peter hasn't played that well, like that was a, he won against Mentor, but uh, not Mentor. You know, he won against uh, Jose, who's the former champion. Um, but wasn't a great performance. So I think if I had to pick, I'll go Peter Wright, but I have no idea on that one. But, yeah, I don't know. Tell me what you guys think. And the other one is MVG and Michael Smith. Probably probably the two form players. I think Michael's probably just got Johnny Clayton covered form right now. Um, only because he's won every game. And 10-5 is a pretty good win. And his scoring was right up there. All he needed to work on was his finishing. If his finishing was good against Joe Cullen, he probably wins that 10-2. But MVG is on. That was a great performance. Gary had was on as well. Gary looked as good as he's looked in a long time. So MVG has come up against an opponent in form. As much as Joe was in form against Michael Smith, his finishing wasn't great, but MVG has come up against Gary, who was really, really good. So I think you're going to see an MVG get through on that one. And, yeah, he's still looking like he's going to win it. And that'll be the quarters preview and all the PDC news that we need to get through. So one thing I'm going to have a quick discussion about is picking the right darts. I started with Simon Whitlock's darts, and that was a bad idea because he then changed to a really weird shape that has a big notch through the middle of it. And I thought, I'll get them ones. I'll keep using Whitlock ones. And that's very specific for where your grip's got to be because it's such a different shape. So that didn't work. And a lot of the pros darts 
will be very specific to them. So I don't think it's a great idea to start off with the pros darts. I think something simple with a straight barrel and lots of grip, go with your standard flight and a 21 to 22 grammer is going to be good because you can always change from there. You might feel you need a bit of thickness here. You might want thin there. But if you start off with something very simple, which I think flies the best anyway, you can adjust from there. And the weight, that's where the weight comes into it as well. Start with 21, 22 grams and work out from there how you're going to go about it. So some of the ones I've had a look at to see, I know I said no pros, but Adrian Lewis has a very simple dart. I think he's um, it's very straight, got plenty of grip on it. Uh, the Windmill Stratos is what I'm using now. That's very similar, very straight barrel, plenty of grip. So you can find where your grip is where your grip of the dart is. Um, there's a Windmere Sicario, very similar, probably a bit more prominent, the grip. It sticks out a bit more, which might work all right. I'm actually tempted to buy them and have a crack. Um, and there's something called the Target ALX04. Have a look at that. That's also pretty simple dart, but like the Sicario, it sticks out a fair bit. It's got some pretty cool colors on it, which is always exciting. If you're not wanting to spend that much, they're, they're all around the $100 mark, those darts, um, and you don't want to wait for them to come in. Rebel Sport do have a couple of half-decent ones. All Rebels stock different ones, but um, they've got the Windmower Sub-Zero and one called the Windmower Vendetta, and they also look pretty. They're not your $20 dart that's not even going to fly right at all. They're around the $60 to $70 price range. So they'll still be all right, and you can just get an idea of what you want. So wrap. that's pretty much it. Wrap it up. Straightforward dart, plenty of grip. You can go change it from there. And so all these tips and trainings that I'm running through is pretty much based on trying to take your game from where I'm at now and where I was before I started playing in the Seymour District Arts Association. We're standing there throwing just at home, bit of fun, maybe having a beer or two, which I might have a swig with. I'm a bit thirsty. Yeah, that's when you're trying to take a game from there and you're going to start hitting the pubs with the vision to move further. I think all this, all the things I'm running through is what I'll be uh, doing once I get the time and once I'm committed to that. Um, I think that's pretty good. Pretty good to, to work with all that. Hopefully you've already got your darts sorted anyway and you know what you like to use. But, yeah, just give one or maybe one or two of those a try and see how it goes because I'm probably going to as well. Right, it's time for Bix Top 3. That's our new intro music for it. We'll get right in. So it's Top 3 9 darters this week. Number 3, Brendan Dolan. Back at the uh, 2011 Grand Prix. So it was the first ever double start. And it was just, it was electrifying over in his hometown up there in Ireland. Well, I think he's from Northern Ireland, but Irish. And it was in Ireland, but they get behind their players up there. Um, so he's gone 160. So he's had to double in 160, 180, and then finish with 161. And you can see James Wade hushing the crowd. But um, it was just nuts. It's so loud. Or poor old Wade. He was on the back end of all three of these, but he's a good sport. Number two, 
Adrian Lewis back in the 2016 Premier League. This one, it doesn't sound special. It's just the week 10 or something of the Premier League, but have a look at it. The link's in the show notes. Uh, he goes 180, 177, 144, but never looked like missing. They're all right in the middle of the bed. It was the smoothest 180, of the uh, smoothest nine data I've ever seen. So that was just a brilliant one. So have a look at that one as well. Crowd goes nuts on that one as well. And number one, MVG. The 2013 semi-final of the world. So on the big stage, he hadn't won a world championship yet. And um, he goes 180, 177, 144. But to follow that up, the next leg, he was uh, one dart off, back-to-back nine darters. So never before, or once before, someone hit one two-in-one game, which was Phil Taylor. But that wasn't back-to-back. So he was a mill off hitting, back-to-back nine darters. So after his 180, 177, 144 to send the crowd into ruptures, he's then kicked off with 180, 180, the standard way for a nine data. And then he's gone triple 19, uh, triple 20, triple 19, and just missed double 12. So that's Big's top three this week. Um, yeah, just have a look at them, watch them, but put some headphones in and crank it right up because the crowd is just nuts on all of it. We'll wrap it up there. Um, as I said, we'll try and keep it short and sharp. <laughs> We're a bit longer than short and sharp. But um, tomorrow we'll just go through those quarters that are on and then we'll preview the semis. All the quarters get played tomorrow, which is good. Um, we'll pre- then, yeah, preview the semis and then the next day we'll – Review the semis, preview the final, and we'll have a we'll have a good chat um, for the final, which should be Sunday's episode. And then we might go for Tuesday next week to have a look back at the final. We'll all just calm down from the the busy schedule of darts, and then have a look at the players' championships. So thanks, guys, and um, get involved. Message me, DM me, whatever you want to call it. Let me know what you want me to talk about. If you've got any input on the top three, what you want me to top three about, and if you want to jump on, I'm happy to have a chat. See you then.